Oh, wow. Okay, that was a ride. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's get this party going. We're running a little late, but we trust the Lord to intervene. Hallelujah. Um, good evening, beloved. I hope you can see me. Um, just real quick, let me get a verdict on if my video is choppy. Is my video feed choppy right now? I get some feedback on that. I will appreciate that. How good and or bad is the video right now? No one responding. My choppy. Hallelujah. I'll use my feed here. Let me mute myself so there's no feedback. I think, no, it's okay. I think um, I figured it out. We're good. We're good. It just, it looked like it was choppy. Like the video quality wasn't smooth, but looks like we're good to go. Well, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate you taking out time. In fact, the entire Kavadoo community, um, this is a great thing that happens when we gather together. Um, I have behind me, the I forgot I had the graphic still, um, the graphic for our upcoming conference. Hallelujah. Um, looking forward to it. Um, the um, Christ, um, the blueprint of future ages. That's the theme for this conference, for um, this Watchman Prophetic Conference. And um, I'm just going to quickly go over a reason why the graphic looks like this. This is not the final graphic, um, but basically, if you notice, Christ is written with different fonts with each of the letters. And um, the reason for that is because of what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, that God in diverse times in um many ways um spoke to our ancestors of the prophets and basically this was to show that progression from like the ancient with the chalkboard then to like calligraphy with like the finger feather pens and you know fountain pens and whatever to the typewriter and then this is actually so the more recent graphic i've done i don't have that here um has um a different typeface um that looks like a um a uh, whatchamacallit a Oh, come on, a LCD clock. <laughs> and the whole, and then the final one, um, this is a, a sans serif font, um, familiar with like higher resolution displays and a futuristic font. I think that's ailerons I use for that one. And the whole point of this was to show um, the beauty of what happens when we come together and we spell out the name of the Lord. Amen. Um, if you've noticed um, in our community over the last, this entire year, technically going back to Watchman Conference last year, we have been on a journey of discovering the covenant, the new covenant, amen? And I'll be honest with you, we had no idea what we bargained for, right? I hope I phrased that correctly. But we had no idea what the Lord had in store for us. And honestly, um, because of many prophetic words that have been given, and many, hallelujah, the Lord being so kind and so merciful, amen? Um, there's even more. And not just more in terms of new truths that God is going to unveil to us, amen, but new realities, more realities that are available for us to experience. A trajectory we've been on recently in um, some of the other sessions has been on organic priesthood. And recently the Lord has had me on this, uh, me personally, on this journey where I've, I'll finish talking during these sessions and I'll go back and hallelujah, the mercy of God is just so intense, amen, so strong. I would, I would, um, for lack of better words, I would be able to, I would have increased access, if that makes sense, just because I would say these words 
And it's like the beckoning invitation has been given. And when I respond to this invitation, I find a lot more, I find a lot more access. I discover a lot more access. We have access by the blood of Jesus Christ, right? But then discovering it is critical, right? The Bible says, on oh, what has Abraham, our ancestor, found? He found faith, right? Hallelujah. And um, excuse me. Um, this journey started off with breastplate of righteousness. Continues um through our Yahweh's face conference at the beginning of the year where we have to watch over pray for the church into um our open heavens conference where um yeah ecosystem of the age to come and um right now we are at um christ the blueprint of future ages and basically um in the breastplate of righteousness when we started off it was about the coming together of the body of jesus the body of christ right and it's all of us gathering together love the love of the brethren right and Yahweh to face, um, while we're praying and seeking the Lord and revelation has been, you know, um, given, Yahweh to face has always been about all of us gathering, you know, being joined to the Lord. Amen. So you're seeing, first of all, with the body, on the watchman, Yahweh to face with the Lord. And um, during the Open Heavens Conference, it was ecosystem of the age to come. That's recent memory. I can even I have the graphic right here. I can show that to y'all. Hallelujah. And that's right here. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyways, and that was about all of us being connected with all of creation, all of the realms of God's dominion. Amen. God um, um, wants us to um, to be connected. Amen. God is a God of covenant, a God of connection. Amen. A God of interaction. You can see that. Um, I have uh, my little sister's dog is hanging out with me in my apartment and this dog loves connection. She just doesn't want to be in a room by herself. She wants to be around someone, even if nothing is happening. I'm like, I'm doing work. I'm sitting down here. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> she just wants to come and sit next to me, sit on my chair, sit on my lap or something, just be somewhere nearby. Amen. And uh, when I see these things, the Lord shows me, this is how our heart should be for the Lord, for each other. Amen. For all of creation. Hallelujah. Amen. And um, right now, with this theme that we're on now, this Watchman Conference, um, we are looking at the joining together, coming together now of the body, but not just the body that is on the earth right now, amen, but according to what it says in Ephesians chapter 3, let's just read that real quick, Ephesians 3, hallelujah, I am giving um, a portion of the synopsis of the conference away, and when I say a portion of the synopsis, I mean I'm giving the part that I can deliver right now. Amen. Oh, Auntie Barbara. <laughs> Miss you too, Ma. <laughs> oh, man. Good to hear from you, Ma. Blessings. <laughs> Hallelujah. So let me see if I can pull up that verse. It's a beautiful verse of scripture in um, Ephesians chapter three. Let's see this here. Okay. Um, For this cause, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Hallelujah. Amen. So let me just put that verse back up again one more time. Okay. So we can see that. Okay. <laughs> I think it's beautiful that we have this incredible blessing here. Okay. We are not just, um, for, uh, for lack of better words, joined to the Lord. Amen. We're not just joined going to the body. Amen. We're not just connected with creation, but even our ancestors, amen, in the realm of the spirit, and those which are yet to come, there are existing connections that we can participate in right now. Amen. And this is very easily shown in the scriptures, right? <clears throat> Hallelujah. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Hallelujah. 
And if you check the scriptures, you would see that um, there are people, according to Hebrews chapter 6, that experience the powers of the age to come. Amen? Hallelujah. I feel a strong unction. Amen? Hallelujah. And um, there is also, um, you, know, you know, portions of the scriptures. If you read over the book of Revelations, chapter... Actually, the entire book of Revelation is about John experiencing the future, right? Amen. He witnesses, he sees, he's able to describe prophetically the company of individuals that are going to, for lack of better words, spell out, like we spoke about last week, right? right? Last week, Wednesday, spell out the name of the Lord. And we explained last week the name of the Lord, hallelujah, is not um, J-E-S-U-S power. Amen. As wonderful as that is. Amen. Um, when Moses asked the Lord, tell me your name, please, so I can show it to Israel. Amen. And what God did was that God gave him something. Amen. It, consider it like to be an abracadabra. Amen. The abracadabra of God. No abracadabra, open sesame. These are magic words um, from children's cartoons. Amen. Hallelujah. I like how open sesame. I just wonder what that word, what that phrase meant. And I literally, when I grew up, I realized that it was, oh, open sesame. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah i thought it was open sesame i was like sesame what does that mean anyways um because what god said to him was i am that i am amen and i explained that when god said i am god was not telling him i am i am amen um god was saying i am twice hallelujah and basically in, in the hebrew language when something is said twice, you are emphasizing and making it bold. And um, basically what happened was that God gave Moses, amen, um, his name such that when God, sorry, when Moses would declare the name of the Lord, the Lord would manifest. Who sent you here? Then God answers. When Moses says that name, I am. God says, I am. I am the one that sent Moses. Does that make sense? The Lord himself manifests, amen. And um. In the Old Testament, God's name could be summoned, amen, by your vocal cords. Just say the name of the Lord, amen. And um, even in the New Testament, amen, the Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But if you study that scripture very carefully, Hebrew, sorry, um, Romans chapter 10, you will discover that calling upon the name of the Lord is not just done um, flippantly, amen. You, um, even people in the occult, they know this, um, magicians, sorcerers, okay, Warlocks, sages, they know that the key to summonings, amen, because that's what happened when Moses, when you see Moses asking God, tell me your name. He's not interested in God telling him, my real name is not Yahweh. It's actually That's not what he's interested in, okay? What he's looking for is he wants to know God intimately, all right, so that when he calls God, he responds. Does that make sense? Um, um, the Bible explains that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. And that is how the Lord is called. And I can just show that to us in the scriptures, the book of Romans chapter 10. Hallelujah. Amen. What I'm trying to say here, and I gave it the example of someone who was caught in a, a kidnapping by um, um, young <laughs> cultists. Amen. Um, two people, actually. Um, one person called upon the name of the Lord. He said, Jesus. And the kidnapper stopped the bus. They let the guy who shouted Jesus out. They shut the bus door and they continued driving with the other guy. And the other guy freaked out. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir. 
So he can manifest himself to Pharaoh. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. When um, Beautiful. I love that, sir. I love the way you said that. He So that he can express himself to Pharaoh. And because Moses knew the name of the Lord, God told Aaron that Moses is going to be God to you and you will be his prophet. So knowing the name of the Lord is not a joke. Amen. We have even something even greater, beloved, as believers. We're not just called to know the name of the Lord in the New Testament. We are called to bear his name. We're going to read about this in a second. Amen. Let's start from verse Romans chapter 10 from verse five. I'm hoping there was a specific time I tried talking about spiritual warfare and I had no utterance, man. It was a fight. My goodness. And I felt it was going to be powerful too, but the Lord is the one that sets us up and he, he's the one that provides and releases grace and resources. So as he releases grace, we, we participate. Moses describes the righteousness of the law saying the man that does these things shall live by them, but the righteousness, which is a faith speaks in his manner. Okay. If you've been in our community over the last few months, you've definitely heard it trumpeted, right? Um, about righteousness by faith as a major emphasis of the ecosystem of the age to come that because of who we are in Christ Jesus, there is not only um, um, the expectation, right, of, of becoming like Jesus, but there is a consequence, all right, of that transformation process, which is that internal process yielding an external, that's a kind of external authority. Basically, the scepter of God's kingdom is righteousness. And if righteousness is by faith, the more faith in your heart, all right, the the more manifest that scepter. I, I explained once that the scepter is a, a prophetic um, allegory for dominion, for control, for government. When someone holds a scepter, they control something. And I once used the example of a remote control or a, a, a game controller, all right? These, it's actually pointing at the screen, right? <laughs> the scepter, <laughs> The scepter of this screen is this remote control, amen? The scepter of God's kingdom is righteousness. If you have righteousness, oh, get out the way. <laughs> if you have righteousness, you have control, you have kingdom, you have dominion. And you see how beautiful this pans out because if, if righteousness yields the dominion of God or gives us God's dominion, then it lets us know what righteousness is, right? Genesis 1 26, let's be men in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. Amen. So the likeness and image and likeness of God yields God's dominion. Hallelujah. And um, so because of that, we see now that because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, we enter into that image of Christ, amen, by faith. And by faith does, does not mean, um, it doesn't mean mental assent, amen. Faith is actually, um, to be honest with you, anything you call faith that doesn't involve the restructuring of your life is not faith at work. And in your Christian life, amen, um, you are going to be going from faith to faith. And that speaks, man, I feel like I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean, I mean in a good way, like I'm, I'm being ministered to. Basically what's happening, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Restructuring to restructuring. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So basically, you keep on restructuring your life from season to season with God. 
Amen. And if there's no restructuring that's been happening in your life, you know, amen. If you're a child of God and you're going through the same motions, you're not in a good place. You're not in a good spot. You're in a bad position. Don't let external circumstances be the only things that influence your life. No, God's word should frame, right? The seasons of your life. Hallelujah. And because God's word is frames of your life, amen, you see the patriarchs that did this, they structured their lives, amen, around God's word. I think we looked at Abraham, how God said, um, I, I know him, right? He will command his house. So the things that God has said will happen. So Abraham puts into effect, all right, policies, amen, in his house. Abraham's household, amen, is not, hallelujah, a, a, a two-bedroom semi-detached, amen. Abraham had hundreds of people, amen. If you check the scriptures, you see he had... 300 men that were born and raised in his household. <laughs> Amen. Basically, he was like a, a he had like a, I won't use the word clan. Oh, that's a word that came to my mind. But anyway, something like a town, basically, but not, not a town. He was mobile. So it wasn't a town that he established. But basically, think of him like a mayor or a governor, least of all a chairman. Amen. So you see this dude. He structures, okay, sets up his household so that everyone is keeping righteousness and judgment, so that God can bring about that thing which he said to him. Amen? Restructuring, amen? And this restructuring is what Jesus Christ referred to as the work of God. Someone asked Jesus, what should I do that I may do the works of God? He said, only believe. Now, he didn't say mental assent. Papa would often say that faith is often mis mistaken for just assumption. When in reality, faith is, I'm going to shut the screen down. Faith is actually, according to the scriptures, the life of God. So what happens is that God instructs you. And as you respond, making adjustments, amen, to what God has, based on what God has said, then what happens is you find yourself living out measures of the life of God. You begin to experience God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to keep this going here. Moses describes the rights and riches of the law. The man who does it shall live by them, but the rights and riches of faith speaks in this manner. So this is how we break into the righteousness by faith. Okay, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven as to bring Christ up from the, from, down, um, down from above, who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Now, what Paul is saying here is that when the righteousness of faith is at work in you, Jesus manifest in and through you in the intensity that he doesn't need to come down from the sky. That's basically what we just said here. The righteousness of faith says like this. Okay. This is why many, many word of faith people would say things like, stop saying, God, heal me. He's already healed you. Or they would say things like, don't beg God for money. Don't beg God for healing. Don't beg God for this. Don't beg God for that. Hallelujah. You know, the reason why the righteousness of faith speaks in a specific way. Now, if you don't, if you don't believe that righteousness has not yet been imputed to you, right? Hallelujah. Even though it was in your spirit, man. But you're not experiencing it. We experienced our, our heritage as believers by faith. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. There is no getting around the restructuring, amen, of our lives. There's no getting around this. Amen. And if your life is not being restructured, you need to look out for what the Bible refers to as veils, strongholds, high things, philosophies, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 10 paints them out, okay? The things that we wage warfare against, amen? The things that attach us to the civilizations of this world, to the cultures of this world. Daniel was wrestling once in the book of Daniel chapter 10, and it took um, 21 days to be able to completely shatter, amen? Shatter 
the latch, amen, of the prince of Persia on his soul to the intent that when it was finally shattered, all right, the angel that was meant to minister to him could minister to him freely because that prince was resisting, amen, was resisting, um, the prince of um, Persia was resisting the angel that came to uh, minister to, um, to Daniel, amen, and this is what happens to us, we have distractions in our lives, amen, we have um, legitimate cares of life, and what do they do? They choke, they frustrate, they slow down, amen, our spiritual progress. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But as we wage warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty um, through God for pulling down strongholds, casting out imaginations, and bringing high things down. Amen. Philosophies. Amen. Um, knowledge is falsely called science. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's keep this going. It speaks this way. So don't don't call for Jesus. Now, please understand. Amen. Well, no, <laughs> this doesn't mean that you're not going to call for Jesus. I, I think I spoke during um, um, youth vigil. And during youth vigil, I mentioned that um, we we believe until we know. We believe until we know. And basically, um, I, I I shared a testimony about a specific thing that the Lord helped gave me victory in. And when I shared that, um, I had to explain. I'm not saying that you stop believing when you know. <laughs> Amen. Your faith has just been perfected. Amen. That refers to the end of your faith being the salvation of your soul. Amen. So there's there's restructurings in our lives, okay, that are meant to yield, where we're, we're meant to come into yielding our members to God completely, where God swallows up our souls. Amen. He takes dominion. And then what we see is righteousness as a consequence of that, that which is right. We're able to judge correctly, see clearly. We have the eternal judgments of God. The fruit of that, amen, is that we've come to the end of faith. The whole point of the restructuring was to get us there. Amen. And what is the there where you have the eternal judgments of God in that area of your life? Amen. And so because of that, evil spirits, amen, um, things that are contrary to God in that vicinity, amen, all you have to do is show up. And when you show up, plagues break out upon them. Amen. We, sh I, you know, we share this during um, one of the sessions on YouTube. I think it might be live on YouTube, uh, I'm not sure, but on, uh, sorry, on um, open book study. When I explained that Moses's plagues, it wasn't like God was punishing Egypt per se, right? The plagues not because God wants to judge Egypt. No, no, no. What happened was that there were many idols and monuments erected towards these dark princes. So what happened was that Moses brought, I am that I am, right? Like Pastor Judy was saying, amen. And as he brought, I am that I am, he brought it in, in several measures. We used to explain the feasts, amen, um, during one of the open book studies, okay? As measures of, of the glory of God be made manifest, right? Measures of transformation to the likeness of Jesus Christ. As measure after measure are released, things in Egypt began to get judged, Amen. The righteousness of God, if you read Romans chapter 1 from verse 16, we're going to go there real quick. I'm going to come back here, okay? Romans 1 from verse 16. Hallelujah. Let's just read this real quick, okay? The Bible says the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel is actually meant to bring about salvation. Please listen. The gospel is intended to bring salvation, all right? I'm going to say it again. The gospel is meant to bring salvation, all right? But the gospel doesn't have, that's not the only consequence of hearing the gospel, okay? Because for it says here, for therein, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. I quoted this scripture earlier on, all right? As it is written, the just, the righteous one shall live by faith, right? So you can see the righteous one live by restructuring their lives, 
according to the word of God. But he now says in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Do you see that? So the righteousness of God reveals in one place the righteousness of God. Sorry, the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. Okay. But at the, on the other end, okay, on the other side of things, the Bible calls it the kindness and the severity of God. On the quote unquote severe side of God, you see something called the wrath of God being made manifest against unrighteousness. Now, God's wrath is not because God is punishing anyone, it's because God is light. And what light does that light judges darkness. Now, what does that mean? When light shows up, they can't can't be any darkness. Now, this is actually dangerous for entities of, of darkness because, <laughs> hallelujah, according to what Jesus Christ has done, amen, they have been abolished. So the more of God's light is thrown on them, the more tangible, amen, <laughs> the abolishing power of the cross. Does that make sense? It is more difficult to deny that they have been abolished the more light is shining. Does this make sense? And so these are manifested as plagues. Now, as righteousness shows forth, plagues come as well. You see the book of Revelation all throughout, okay? You see the book of Exodus as well, also all throughout, right? Amen? And you see this in many places in the scriptures. Hallelujah. When righteousness is made manifest, when the judgments of, when eternal judgments of God are made manifest, God is not coming to hurt anyone, Amen? But God comes to save. The power is to save. But for those who hold the truth in unrighteousness, wrath comes. Amen. And that's what happened to Pharaoh. Let my people go. His heart got hardened. Yeah! Light shines. And as light shines, hallelujah. Okay, let's keep this going, okay? Because the truth is that God, um, Israel was already past the time of deliverance as far as the prophecy was concerned, okay? So Pharaoh was actually doing overtime. So he ought to have let the people go. So we're hopping on back to um, Romans chapter 10. So don't look for Jesus because Jesus is in you. That's what the righteousness of faith is saying. That the righteousness that Jesus Christ is going to bring from heaven when you see him is already inside of you. That's what, that's what it's saying here, okay? Let's keep this going, okay? Hallelujah. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you shall be saved. Amen. Now, now, um, <laughs> hallelujah. You will experience salvation. And it's funny because salvation is the word Yeshua, right? So don't call him down. You bring him out. Does that make sense? Don't call him up from the dead. You bring him out. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's keep this going, okay? For with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, when you hear confession, amen, you, you might think in your head, the scripture is talking about uh, muttering script, you know, muttering scriptures to yourself, confessing God's word, Amen. And as powerful as this is, I dare tell you, beloved, that this is not what the Bible is saying here, okay? The, confessing, um, declaring God's words yourself over and over again is um, a form of meditation. You see this in um, Psalm chapter 1 and in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 8. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a scripture that will show us what this confession means, okay? So this word confession here is actually found in Philippians chapter 2, um, 2 from verse, let's see here, Philippians 2 from verse... 
let's start from verse eight. Bible says here, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. The, this scripture is talking about my friend Drake. I'm joking. It's talking about Jesus. <laughs> God also has highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow <laughs> of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth. Amen. Please, I don't have any friend named Draco. I was only joking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So don't you look, and every, so every knee should bow. Okay. Of things in heaven and things on the earth and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Isn't this cool? So when this name is declared, amen, every knee should bow in heaven, the earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess. See that word for confession again? Do you know that this verse we just read now is actually an excerpt from Isaiah chapter 45 from verse 23? Oh, come on. There we go. Hallelujah. Let's read this real quick, okay? The Bible is saying here, you know, this, this is why the rapture theory that we, the way it has been perceived. I'm not saying there's not going to be an event that we point, those events we point at, when we, when we use the word rapture, um, those events will take place. Amen. Um, they might not take place the way we think they're going to. Amen. For example, many people believe that people are going to be caught up away and people are going to heaven and be with Jesus. Now that is going to happen to many people. Many people are going to have catching away experiences. How parts those. Amen. Um, where you be seized from the earth like Enoch was. Amen. Many people... Um, I've heard uh, many Jewish historians, they say things like, according to um, ancient Hebrew texts, there are extra writings that suggest that Enoch had several harpazos before he was finally, <laughs> um, um, he shifted like um, what is now planes of, of operations, amen? And so I believe many believers are going to function in this manner. You know, many people have been translated. So I know like um, Sadhu Sudasing was translated, amen? Um, I know Elijah was translated, right? And they're still alive till, the, till, till the, I think so. Uh, I know so. <laughs> Amen. Okay, let's keep this going. All right. Uh, just want to make sure that we understand that. Um, I said this because the rapture, the escape, the escapism that the rapture theory has, um, the way it's been told has presented, has presented itself, has made us think that we need Jesus. I'm using this in quotes because we do need Jesus, right? That was the whole point of the Yahweh's face conference, right? Our being yoked, our being joined to the Lord, amen? The truth is that righteousness, when righteousness, um, who we are in Christ manifests, we discover that there is no not being with Jesus. In fact, the context that Paul uses for this is us being in Christ, amen? I love that language. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. To be in him. That's what we're called to do. Amen. To be in Christ Jesus. That's what we're meant to do. Amen. To be in him. And um, being in him, context-wise, okay, speaks of, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Christ manifesting inside of us. Amen. He's seen, first of all, as the hope of glory. But then as we respond to God's word, hope that is now seen is no longer hope. But when hope is seen, it becomes the substance of things hoped for. 
And that substance is Christ Jesus himself. He manifests in and through us. Amen. And so because of this, our rapture theory about us getting caught away to be with Jesus is actually about Jesus Christ manifesting in and through us. Amen. And we're going to be caught up together with him in the air. Amen. The air is where the principalities and powers and rules of this world and spiritual wickedness are currently ruling. Specifically, the prince of the power of the air himself, Satan. Okay. Okay. So that verse, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Is actually taken from Isaiah 45 and verse 23. When God said, I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. That unto me, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear. Surely, <laughs> every tongue shall swear. So now we see what confession means. Confession in context with the rest of the Bible, okay? If you look at Philippians and what it says in Romans chapter 10, okay, let's go back there, okay? Because now we can sufficiently replace, okay? When the Bible says confession is with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. We can understand that. The Bible is saying here, with the mouth, oaths are sworn. Amen. I would say as a sworn of an oath means the end of strife. Amen. Essentially, the Bible is saying this. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the heart has sworn allegiance to God and the allegiance erupts. Amen. When it's when, when it crosses the threshold. Amen. When, when there's a, there's, there's um, like, um, there's something called a critical mass. When it, when it exceeds the critical mass, there's an explosion that happens. And out of your belly flows, right? Hallelujah. Out of your belly flows, your innermost being, your heart flows out. Amen. Through the thrones of your, of your, the word of God sits on the thrones of your soul. Amen. And through these other passages, amen, through which your, 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 your conscience and, and your, yeah, so different faculties of your soul are able to interact with the external environment, amen? You're going to see a flow, an outflow, amen, through all of these channels, amen? We call these the gateways of our soul, hallelujah. I'm sorry, the gateways of our hearts, the thrones of our soul, amen? Our spiritual senses, hallelujah. From those places will flow out rivers of living water. That is the oath. That is the confession made unto salvation, amen? Now, when someone does that, look what the Bible says. When someone swears an oath, the Bible says this, an oath is the end of strife. Yes, this is huge. Yes, sir, it's a, it's a big deal. Yes, hallelujah. In Hebrew, I believe the Hebrews, that was actually how Jesus Christ was called into priesthood. Amen, God swore over him. Amen. In fact, when Abraham's blessing was delivered to him by an oath. And, you know, the truth is that whenever God speaks, now, hear me out, okay? Faith comes by hearing, okay? And hearing by the word of God. Now with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So oaths are made unto the end of faith. Does that make sense? So basically, what I'm trying to paint, paint, paint out here is this, okay? You need to hear, amen? Your ears have to be opened. And I'm saying this because, hear me out. Every time that God speaks, he is swearing. I'm going to say it again. God does not speak passively. In fact, if you read the book of Exodus chapter 24 and you see the time when the words of God were first written in a book, read to all of Israel, Moses, as he read the book to the people, he was sprinkling blood on them. Amen. It was, it was Moses' way of saying that these, he sprinkled, word, first of all, he sprinkled the blood on the book first, and then he now used the same brush and sprinkled the people. Essentially, what he was saying was that 
these words have been thrown at you. So God is spitting his blood at you. So basically when God speaks, blood comes out. Another way of saying is that when God speaks, life comes out. Now God doesn't just throw life around carelessly. No, 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 no. When God speaks, amen, the Bible refers to the word of God as the sperma of God, amen, the life of God. You see all of the different um, bodily fluids, okay, in the human body, all of them are captured in God's word, amen. It is God's sweat. It is God's blood, amen. It is God's sperm, amen. It is God's everything, the ones that are pleasing or not the, uh, maybe I should have said sweat, <laughs> amen. But the ones that are, they they yield, they go on to life, not the ex ex excretion, amen. God doesn't waste anything we can see that in the bible right hallelujah but i'm sure everyone understands what i'm saying right amen all of god's dna hallelujah all of god's essence all of god's substance amen in his word and that's how jesus christ upholds all things by the word of his power hallelujah so let's keep this going here okay yes i'll say something yes Whenever God speaks, he's swearing oaths. Amen. So for Abraham, someone has a question. If you have a question, okay, I think maybe there's a hand raised. Okay. Um, whenever God is speaking, he's swearing an oath. Amen. Now, every single scripture, every verse of scripture where you hear God speaking, God is swearing. Now, the only people that are able to hear God swear, mm, hallelujah, are people who themselves have sworn unto God. <laughs> Amen. Because what happens is that when God's word sits on the thrones of your soul, amen, when your, 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 the gateways of your heart, amen, have been flooded with light, amen, when your spiritual senses have been exercised with God's word, the word of righteousness, amen, and God's word sits on it, amen, you hear the oath of God. The oath of God is God's word sitting on you. It's a surety, amen. It is by this power Jesus Christ will raise from the dead. Hallelujah. The Bible says that. <laughs> Maybe we should read this. Uh, time, 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 time. Right? I'm looking at time. Jesus. Amen. Do you know how God raised Jesus Christ from the dead? Let's look at a few scriptures. We'll, we'll just we'll run through real quick. Okay, I'm going to save this. Romans chapter 1. Hallelujah. The Bible says here. That um, um, God's son, Jesus Christ, was made of the seed of David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God with power by the spirit of holiness. Hallelujah. There's a verse of scripture in the book of Hebrews, chapter 7, that I really, really love. Um, that I think will paint this picture a little bit more clearly, okay? Hmm. Okay. Now, when the Bible says that... Um, he was declared to be the son of God with power, but according to, um, according to the spirit of holiness, the Bible was saying there that when the Holy Spirit came and raised Jesus Christ off from the dead, that was actually, let me, let me phrase it like this. You know, every time Jesus Christ got baptized, the Holy Spirit descended upon him, right? Sorry, every time Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> every time the declaration of Jesus Christ as God, as was, every time Jesus Christ was coronated as God's son, the spirit of God was released. Amen. It happened at Mount Jordan. It happened at the river Jordan. <laughs> it happened at the mountain of transfiguration and it happened on resurrection morning. Amen. When Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Amen. Now, each of these times, the Holy spirit manifested. Amen. First time as a dove, 
the second time he manifested as the Jesus Christ um, upon Jesus as light. Amen. The Shekinah glory. Amen. Where Jesus Christ looked, became, and became an embodiment of the Shekinah glory of God. And the final time was on resurrection morning where he became the resurrection and the life. Now I'm pointing this out because the way, <laughs> hallelujah, this was done. The way Jesus Christ was raised from the dead was by the power that was released. Amen. When the Holy Spirit rested upon him. Know what Jesus Christ said? You receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He was speaking from experience. Let's look at the scripture real quick. Jesus Christ is not made according to the law of a carnal commandment, amen, but according to the power of an endless life. For he testified, thou art a priest forever, according to the honor of Melchizedek. You know, let me let me find the verse that explains. Uh, no man takes this honor to himself. No man takes this honor to himself. That is in Hebrews chapter five. What on earth? So sure, chapter five. Okay, Hallelujah. Let's read this. Okay. No man takes honor to himself except he that is called by God, as was Aaron. So also Christ did not glorify himself to be made a high priest, but he said on he that he that said unto him said this: Thou art my son. Today have I begotten thee. And he said unto him, another place: Thou art a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So that verse he read about the power of an endless life. Amen. Amen. In Hebrews chapter seven, is synonymous with this verse. In other words, when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. Amen. It was by the oath of God. And that oath released the power of an endless life. Amen. What I'm trying to say here is that the power of God. Amen. The power of God is released. Amen. The Bible says the as they run to one for looking for whose heart is strong, that um, whose heart is loyal towards him or perfect towards him, that he may show himself strong on their behalf. Amen. The heart that God is looking for is the heart that believes. The heart that has sworn an oath unto God. Now, when that heart sworn an oath unto God, God's eye sees it. Amen. The broken spirit and contrite heart that shall not despise. And what happens? God jumps at it. Amen. God cannot help himself when he sees a heart that is broken and contrite. Amen. Bible says, so this one will I regard. God says, heaven have I made. The earth have I made. Where is my house? But this person that has this kind of heart too. Oh, what a, what a person that is. Hallelujah. So let's keep on going, okay? I want to end. I want to end on that's a conclusive note, amen? All right, let's keep this going. Well, there, yes. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him shall not be ashamed. I love this verse, amen? For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all who call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Does this make sense, beloved? So basically, can we say that the struggles our souls experience are the strives, the oath of God has handled? Sir, absolutely. Yes. The whole point of, of our friendship with God, so we can have enmity with the world and bring an end to all of the strivings in the heart. When there is successful friendship with God, when organic priesthood, amen, has, has been secured in the soul, when, when, when the soul has laid hold on righteousness, when we believe what God's, what God's word is saying, amen, 
we come to the end of strife and we swear oaths unto God. That's why people say things like, I cannot be sick. It sounds arrogant, but that is the pride of the life of God. Every life has pride though. God's life has its own pride. Trust me. When Jesus Christ was being tempted by Satan, no, Jesus Christ told Satan after the temptation, he told him, get out. He didn't say, please leave me alone. He said, get out. Where is that coming from? Amen. The Bible says the righteous are as what? Bold as lions. Amen. We are not, um, um, you know, there's a verse that says, we are, we are all day, we are slaughtered as lambs. <laughs> we are led as, as lambs and sheep all day to the slaughter. Amen. Jesus Christ, the word made flesh. Do you know it was only when it was written concerning him that he was meant to be slaughtered that he was slaughtered. If you try touching Jesus before the appointed time, you're in trouble though. I'm sure you know that, right? You will experience the wrath of God poured out against all unrighteousness. Amen. I'm joking. I'm not saying Jesus Christ, but Jesus Christ, I'm not saying he came to punish anyone. He whips up people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Whosoever believes in him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is written to all who call upon him, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So can we see that calling upon the name of the Lord and the oaths of God are the same thing? You know what's so interesting? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. As we swear these oaths of God and God's word sits, amen, on the thrones of our souls, amen, the spirit of God is released upon us. Now, there is a consequence of all of these things. I'm going to say it again. There is a consequence, okay? When the spirit of God infiltrates the soul, because what's really happening, I don't have my diagrams here, okay? Basically, our Christian walk is about God arresting our hearts, taking our heart, hearts captive, amen? To do this, God invades the heart through our faculties. Amen. Now, the issue, the reason why this should not, this should be an automatic process once you get born again. But because you have already, um, for lack of better words, um, experienced life a specific way. And two, because your soul is intelligent, is it designed to, um, to, for lack of better words, accomplish tasks efficiently. And so because of that, the soul morphs based on the tasks you keep on giving it to do. And because of this, over the years, your soul has become a master in living life a specific way. So when the life of God is now made present, okay, by the, by, by, by the preaching of the gospel, by the baptism of the Holy Spirit, as we partake in the feasts of the Lord, there is, for lack of better words, a pause that takes place after a while where the soul says, wait a second, this realm of God, I don't know what this is though, amen? And instead of the curiosity of a childlike heart, amen? Instead of the childlikeness that, that allows us to enter the kingdom of God, there is the arrogance of someone that is aged, according to this world, amen? That is what he filled. The Bible says, how hard is it for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, right? The wealth of your experiences of this world is frustrating access, frustrating entrance. And so because of that, Amen. We now have to take God. We now have to, with our own souls, actively in active participation, because when you get born again, it's an automatic process. The life force of God, the way God designed creatures to function is automatically, organically. A child is born, his heart, he's not telling his heart, heart beats, heart beats, heart beats, kidneys work, process. Pro That's not happening, right? Everything's happening automatically. Amen. The same thing with your human heart, right? But when your human heart is not functioning as it should, there's this machine called a defibrillator. Amen. Clear. Amen. And what you do, you force the heart to respond, to beat, to pump the word of God. Amen. Through your subconscious. 
Hallelujah. And that's what the defibrillator is, right? Bible says, not my word like a hammer. It's not my word like a fire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why am I saying all of these things? Amen. I explained, I believe it was here. I know it was here. Yes, because I didn't minister on Friday. About the, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't here. Maybe it was an open book study, but I've explained the videos are on YouTube. I've explained that the seals, the seven seal, and I'm going to say this, all right, um, with all boldness, amen. The seven seals of God, all right, as captured in the book of Revelation, all right, they are seven infillings of the spirits of God that are meant to be administered directly to the Manchild Company. I'm going to say it again. Okay, the seven seals, okay, as they are being unsealed by the Lamb of God, the unsealing of the book corresponds to infilling of the infillings of the spirits of God in many in different measures. Okay, there are seven specific measures of this um encroachment of the spirits of God into the soul. The fruit of that encroachment is plagues. That is why you see the four horsemen. We spoke about the four horsemen last week on Wednesday, amen. And they correspond to the names of God. Amen. The Yod, the Hey, the Vav, the Hey. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Ah. And when, um, sorry, when um, these, when the name of God is declared in the soul, the fruit of that, amen, is that he manifests. And I explained last time that the Yod, the Hey, the Vav, the Hey is actually I am that I am connected by the Vav because I am is um hey yod hey yod <laughs> right yeah yeah eh, yeah i think it's or is it yod hey yod hey i think it's yod hey yod hey i think that's right but check um if you check the hebrew um letters you'd see that i am that i am the actual spelling is eh, yeah, eh, yeah. okay and basically it's if you join them together with a vav vav means to join things together okay so yod hey vav hey is actually yod hey yod hey connected together. So that's another way of saying, as in that's that's the way they summon God. Now, what's what's the um the four horsemen, the four faces of God, amen, correspond to amen, is the spelling of that name of God. Hallelujah. Why am I saying all of this? Why is this boy saying all these things? Amen. Because if you read the book of Revelation, you discover something, amen. As the spirit, as the soul, so as the spirit of God, yes, infiltrates the soul, amen, in different measures, you're going to discover that the name of God is written on the soul. Now, I'm going to show this to us very quickly from Revelation chapter six, okay? Please, um, I want to say, take my word for it. I like showing people the reason why I believe things, but I also know there's not enough time, amen? So I, I beheld, when he opened the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. And the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell to the earth, even as a fig tree casted out of timely figs when she's shaken by a mighty wind. That mighty wind is a hint, okay? Now, those events, the sun becoming blood, right? The sun becoming dark as sackcloth of hair, moon becoming as blood, okay? Those are references to the book of Joel, amen? The Bible is simply saying that the sixth seal, as well as the other seals, amen, are outpourings of the spirits of God. Hallelujah. Each of those four faces of God, each of those four horsemen, amen, corresponds to the four rivers of the spirits of God, the Pishon, the Gihon, the Tigris, and the Euphrates. They each go to different coordinates. One goes to the hay, amen. One goes to the yod, one goes to the hay, one goes to the Bible, one goes to the hay, amen. And basically what's happening is that as you're spelling out the name of the Lord in your heart, God's name appears on your forehead. 
This is why in the book of Revelations chapter seven, the, the first thing you see in Revelations chapter seven, amen, is an angel rising with the seal of God, okay? I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried out with a loud voice to the four angels whom he was given to hurt the earth and the sea and the trees. Do not hurt the earth, neither the sea nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. Amen. And how are we sealed? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter one, that the Holy Spirit is the one that's the seal, right? He is the seal, right? We are sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession. Hallelujah. And there's other verses I can show you too from Isaiah about how the book is sealed when God poured upon them the spirits of drowsiness. Amen. But when the spirits of awakening, when the spirits of God opens up our eyes, the book is unsealed. Amen. Hallelujah. What am I saying here? Amen. The spelling of the name of the Lord. Amen. Is done. Please hear me out, okay? By operations of the spirits of God taking place upon the heart. Now, why is this important? Because this is where this is something that many people don't understand. Okay, the body of Christ is a giant temple. Amen. What did I say? The body of Christ is a giant temple. Kababa. Amen. And what do you find in temples? Deities, spirits, right? In fact, if you look at Solomon's temple, which is a figure of us, by the way, amen, you would see that all around the walls, amen, are what? Paintings of angels. Cherubim specifically are highlighted. Palm trees and open flowers, amen? They have a fragrance that draws you towards them, right? And they offer you shade from this present age, amen? And they want to give you the faces of God. They want to show you or unlock inside of you, amen? <laughs> Measures of the likeness of God. They want to help you spell out the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. But let me explain something, okay? While I am the temple of God individually, I am, we, are all, we are also the temple of God corporately, amen? Because when I'm spelling out the name of the Lord, when this name of the Lord comes upon my forehead, I'm only allowed to express one letter of his name. Does this make sense? We explained this last week, right? With the 144,000, with the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. It is in the gathering together. When two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Amen. That is the temple of God. Amen. Now, the temple of God, please hear me out, okay? Please listen, okay? Is how God is meant, amen, to be manifest on the earth. Without the temple of God being constructed on the earth, there is not going to be a presence of God on the earth. God can be king all he wants to be in heaven. I'm not saying this disrespectfully, okay? We, we have a responsibility as the church. We are the tabernacle of God. We are the dwelling place of God. The heathen should not be saying, where is their God? When they ask that question, it's because we are not spelling his name. Does this make sense? We are not spelling his name. What does that mean? There is no righteousness. There is no faith in the heart. Jesus Christ asked this question. When the son of man returns, will he find faith on the earth? You know why he asked that question? Because the son of man has to return 
into the tabernacle of God. Jesus Christ is our Shekinah glory. Amen. He's our Shekinah glory. I'm going to say it again. Jesus Christ is our Shekinah glory. I'm going to say it one more time. Jesus Christ is our Shekinah glory. In the midst, he is there in the midst of us. That's why you always see Jesus Christ in the midst of churches that are aflamed, that are burning, churches that are candlesticks. Because it is only churches that have the operations of the seven spirits of God. There's so much that can be taught from this, man. This is just crazy. Amen. Only churches that are that, that hallelujah, amen, <laughs> have these operations functional in them that are able to spell out the name of God. Now, I've explained the spelling of the name of the Lord as the Yod, the He, the Vav, the He. But the name of the Lord is also spelt out, for lack of better words, symbolically. And I'm going to show that to us right now from the book of Revelation chapter 1. Hallelujah. Please, if anything doesn't make any sense, type it out so I can see it in the, in the comments, okay? I am not looking at Facebook right now. I'm only looking at Zoom. So if you want to send me a message, you have to come on Zoom, okay? Hallelujah. So I heard, okay? So here is what happened, okay? Book of Revelation, okay? John heard a voice, okay? He was in the Spirit of the Lord's day and he heard a, behind him a, a great voice as of a trumpet, okay? Saying, okay? So trumpets speak, okay? Trumpets are voices. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and last, what you see right in a book. So keep notes of everything, okay? I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, what you see right in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, onto Ephesus, onto Smyrna, onto Pergamos. Now, if you look at, if you have a Bible with the map, okay, of these regions, you discover that these churches, they form a circuit, okay? They actually form like a loop in Asia, okay? Hallelujah, okay. Let's keep this going. Unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Okay? Normally, seven golden candlesticks speak of the Holy Spirit, right? The seven spirits of God. But later on, we discover that these seven golden candlesticks are actually the people of God. Okay? The church. Okay? Meaning that the church, hallelujah, has received, all right, or has been feasting on God. Does it make sense? I explained during one of the open book studies that the Feast of Pentecost is where the Holy Spirit is given. Not as the Holy Spirit was given when you got born again, according to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. And according to the book of Romans chapter eight, that was says he that is he that you, if if you don't have the spirit of God, you're not of you're not Christ. Amen. All of us have Christ in us. Amen. But when I'm talking about the giving of the Holy Spirit, I'm talking about we ourselves. Amen. Establishing. I explained it once as synapsis. All right. Um, I explained once that um, our spirit man is not a baby Jesus that is growing. Amen. Our spirit man. Amen. Hallelujah. If you check the scripture very carefully, he is almighty God. We share the same life force as God. So if God dies, then we can die. Does this make sense? According to the scriptures, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So the spirit of God comes to manifest the deep things of God. And where is the spirit of God now? That is your homework for the rest of your life, right? <laughs> Discovering that he's inside of you. Hallelujah. Now, the fruit of this, amen, 
or the purpose of this is so that that life force can invade your soul, amen, and begin to spell out the name of God, amen, through you. How? By you swearing oaths. As you swear oaths, yod, hey, vav, hey, that's actually how they summon God in the um in the most holy place, amen. When the when the high priest has finished um. Hallelujah, doing all his rituals and he's transported in. He begins to declare the name of the Lord to all four corners of the altars. Amen. And as the light of God is shining upon him, he, he absorbs the Shekinah glory onto his breastplate and onto his other, um, um, hallelujah, um, adornments. Amen. All with the intent of later on ministry to the people of, people of Israel. But he, he swears unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're meant to do the same thing, amen? As we swear these oaths unto God, hallelujah, what happens to us is that we receive sealings as the word of God sits on the thrones of our souls. <sighs> the fruit of this sitting, amen, I want to make sure I'm, I'm staying, staying within, what is now, same ball here, is that the spirit of God now has free access to our souls. Now, what this does, what this means, amen, is that for lack of better words, you know that you and God have the same spirit. You are experiencing it. Does that make sense? The Bible says no one will need to tell anyone, no, no, let him know the Lord. No, 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 no. You and God have sworn oaths to each other. There's no strife. That strife, I, I explained it by nerve endings not having tethered themselves properly to each other. Okay, so because of that, your spirit man is projecting God to your soul, but your soul is in misalignment because of philosophies, veils, doubt, unbelief, fear. But as th that wickedness is dealt with by God's word, what now happens that there's not a proper latching? All right, and because of this, this fullness of God cannot flow through. Does that make sense? That is what the infilling is. That's what the feasts of God are. Amen. Measures of alignment in the soul that we come through. Okay, they're in different phases. Okay. And the fruit of all of these transitions, amen, is, is levels of conformity with the image of Christ. The life force of God organically flows out of us. Organically. He that believes in me, out of his belly shall flow. Amen. Now I'm saying all of these things, amen, to explain what was happening in these churches. Amen. People were swearing oaths to God. The context for swearing oaths to God, let me explain what it means on a corporate level. They were having a revival. Now, not just a revival. They were having moves of God. And these moves of God had successfully transitioned through phases. Most of the revivals that we've experienced on the earth right now, they haven't transitioned past their, the first phase of the first phase. And those last for years. But if you check what God did in the book of Acts, you see moves of God that lasted for decades. You, Everyone, if you go to Ephesus, there's a, there's a lampstand there. If you go to, to Laodicea, there's a lampstand there. Remember what God, the Bible says? You have a name that you're alive, but you are dead. Why did he say that? Because people knew, Sardis, God is moving there. That's what I'm saying. Amen? And when I say God is moving there, it's not just God moving there in the man of God. No, the people are spelling God's name. Is everyone listening? People are spelling out the name of God. Okay. And you want to see that practically, Okay. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks and in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like a son of man, read this very carefully, okay? Clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about the breast with a golden girdle, okay? And his head and his hair were white as wool and as white as snow and his eyes like a flame of fire, amen? His feet was like onto breast 
that burned in a furnace. Is that right? Yes. And his voice is under many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth. So I'm sure everyone here, if you're in a cave, you know these verses, right? But let me let me present to you something that you might not have heard of before, okay? Do you know that right there is a spelling out <coughs> of a measure of God's name? So I'm going to show this to us in the book of Revelations from chapter 2, okay? From chapter 2, let's look. Oh, dear, this is 12. That's not 2. <laughs> I'll smack you. There you go. All right. To the angel of the church of Ephesus writes, These things says he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, let's look at... um um. From verse eight, it's like verse eight here. Okay. Um, it says here, today the church in Smyrna writes, these things says the first and the last, who was then and is alive. Huh. Well, that's interesting. Let's look at verse 12. Today the church of Pergamos writes, these things says he that has a sharp two-edged sword <laughs> with two edges. I'm trying to show us something here. Okay. The person you saw in the book of Revelation chapter one, amen, was the name of God that those seven churches spelt out. I'm going to say that again. The person you see in Revelation chapter one is not the fullness of Jesus Christ. Though. I'm going to say that again. That is not the fullness of Jesus Christ. That is what the seven churches could spell at that point in time. Now, what Jesus wanted to do was to reveal himself. Now, to do that, he told them, if you overcome, I will help you spell out my name correctly. Who understands, who understands what I'm saying here? As you yield, remember, because it's from faith to faith, right? We restructure our lives, right? From one season to another season, right? From one phase of the move of God to the next phase of the move of God. I'm going to say this again because this ties into our conference, right? From one generation to the next generation. What are we doing? We are going from faith to faith, right? We are taking righteousness, right? From one measure of righteousness to another measure of righteousness, for one measure of alignment, to another measure of alignment, for one measure of restructuring, to another measure of restructuring. Now, please understand something, okay? Righteousness is revealed. This means and this demands that there must be koinonia, interaction, amen? For what the next level of righteousness is. That is how come Jesus Christ knew when he spoke to John the Baptist, he said something. Suffer it to be so, for I need to fulfill all righteousness. What was he saying? I need to spell out my dad's name. When I'm able to answer my dad's name, what's he going to do? He's going to coronate me. You are my beloved son. Now, by Jesus Christ spelling out his dad's name, he swore an oath to God when he submits John the Baptist. The fruit of that action was that what heavens, they, what, they tore open. And what did God say? This is my son. This is not just for Jesus Christ. This is for the entire church. In fact, let me say something, okay? As Jesus Christ was baptized, amen, um, at the Jordan River and the Holy Spirit descended, this is the same thing that we call the rapture event. When the entire church spells the name of the Lord, the heavens will rip open and Jesus himself will descend bodily. I'm going to say it again. The rapture event is when the church spells out the name of the Lord, amen, then the heavens will be ripped open and Jesus himself will descend to coronate his bride. Hallelujah. I, I, I want to encourage you, go and read the rest of the book of Revelations, and you would see each of the seven churches, they, for lack of better words, had tokens, portions. One person had the ear of Jesus. One person had his mouth. One person had his 
head, amen? But together, what happened? All of them spelt out, amen? He whose hair is white as wool, the first and the last, from whose mouth comes a two-edged sword, who walked in the midst of seven golden candlesticks. But Jesus Christ was telling them, this is not my final form. <laughs> if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, I used to watch that uh, when I was a little bit younger, amen? Hallelujah. My dad let me watch when I was a kid, though. <laughs> it's me in my little rebellion. I went to God watching that. I grew a little bit older, amen? But there's a, 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 um, in, this, in this narrative, um, in this, this cartoon, there's this talk about transformation, Super Saiyan 1, Super Saiyan 2, Super Saiyan 3. And what's happening is that you find these creatures, these, um, um, they look like humans, but they're aliens. They're very powerful. But to be able to access the power that they have on the inside, they need to transform. They need to change form. And the fruit of that transformation is increased access. Technically, they're infinitely powerful based on, if you keep on watching the, the show, you discover that they eventually begin to rival um, divine entities. By divine entities, I'm talking about in, their, in that little fictional universe, creatures that are given a divine status. And they're able to do this by going through increased measures of transformation. Beloved, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our conference theme, Christ, the blueprint of future ages. Amen. Jesus Christ is not, um, yes, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he is the same God. You find the same genes, right? Running all throughout my body, right? There is only one Francis. Amen. But God spoke in times past, amen, in different ways. <laughs> Hallelujah. And every time God spoke, even in the book of Revelation, when they say the lamb has, oh, sorry, the lamb of Jesus has overcome, they called him the lion, they called him the roots of David, amen. They called him the lamb with seven horns and seven eyes. One time he was called the word of God, amen. Hallelujah. You keep on seeing him taking on different forms. Amen. Beloved, we, you and I are meant to spell out the name of the Lord. Amen. And there is a way that God is meant to look like in this season. I'm saying this because the book of Revelation has an anthem. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. What is the Spirit saying to the churches? I'm going to read a verse of scripture that's going to, um, by the mercy of God, in the midst of the congregation, I will sing praises to you. I love that verse. In the midst of the, oh, I thought praise is wrong. I will declare, yeah, Psalm 22. I love, this is Jesus on the, on the cross saying this. Psalms 22 from verse 22. Hallelujah. Let's see if this is the right verse. Yes, this is Jesus Christ speaking, okay? I will declare your name. Unto my brothers. Isn't this wonderful? This is Jesus on the cross. If you read Psalm 22, isn't this beautiful? Hallelujah. Oh, I don't you just love Jesus. What kind of a person? Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. This is so beautiful. Amen. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing praise to you. Bible says in Psalms 149, with a sharp two-edged sword. <laughs> oh Lord, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a sharp two-edged sword in their, in, their, in, their, in their mouth. Amen. To declare the judgments written. Beloved, 
what the spirit is saying to the churches <laughs> oh god is the name of god for this dispensation for this season for this time now when i say for this time i don't mean this present age at this time okay the image and likeness of god that we're meant to spell out is christ of the age to come that's not what i'm saying what am i saying here christ has to be revealed the name of the lord has to be revealed i'm going to read this again okay he says i will declare your name to my brethren please understand something okay you can never, as I'm talking to you now, that doesn't mean you know the name of God. Please understand something. If you know the name of God, when you call him, you will see him manifest. Some people, they don't name of God. And when they call him, things manifest. I'm not talking about gifts. I'm talking about people that have gone through process and their hearts know how to swear allegiance to God. Amen. The fruit of this is that when they call God, he manifests. There's men of God I know of. They have walked with God. They don't need atmosphere. They don't need keyboard and piano. Amen. They might even be dry, but their hearts are not wicked. Their hearts can sing praise to God. So because of this, hallelujah, when they call upon his name, he manifests. They are priests unto God. Hallelujah. In this conference, we're going to be looking at Amen. Many different things. I'm just, I'm bringing, I'm bringing forth my measure. Amen. As a conference, get close to the conference, we're going to see that congregation, right? Again, each member of the body only has one part that they're bringing to the table, right? What every joint supplies. Amen. And together we spell his name. So every joint together is supplying and enriching the entire body. Amen. And together, Jerusalem, amen. Comp city compact together, together, amen. That unity of the faith um, brings us to not just honor God, onto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. There is something that God is saying right now, beloved. Amen. And it is our responsibility as believers to begin to restructure our lives because of what God is saying now. There is what God said then. Okay. I like what Paul said. When I was a child, I thought as a child. Okay. Now I'm a man. I put away childish things. But then he goes on to explain that there is a then. Okay. Hallelujah. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He clearly explains that there is a then. I want to read that without opening that on scriptures, okay? For now, we see through a glass dimly, but then, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And that is what this was a capture here, okay? This theme, the progressive development of the body of Christ onto perfect alignment with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the person of Jesus Christ as he is, is the peak of civilization. He is the peak of humanity. He is the solution to every one of our problems. But the thing is that the Bible says, do not call him from above. Don't call him from earth beneath. No, no. You get the word inside of you. Amen. Fill up your heart with righteousness. Christ up there is meant to be a, uh, for lack of better words, um, 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 an example on how we are to develop ourselves. As he spelt out God's name, he was spelling it out so that he can declare it to us so that we can know his name. Now, the name, again, what I said before, the name of God is not, um, <laughs> amen, hallelujah. When the name of God is declared, remember what the Bible says? At the declaration of his name, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We are meant to bring the name of the Lord onto the earth. Amen. 
I explained the last word for now. We had last week, Wednesday, that the name of the Lord upon the earth is called the Lord God of the whole earth. Amen. That name has not fully been manifested. There's two witnesses of that, Moses and Elijah. We'll get into that later on during the conference. Amen. But what these entities do, if you check the book of Revelation chapter 10 and 11, you see that these entities, they champion that course. Amen. They bring forth the name, that that basically the, the law and the prophets, what they wanted to bring to the earth. The spirit of God, peace of Christ who was inside of them, working in them to write the scriptures, to do the work they did on the earth, was to bring forth Christ on the earth. Amen. There was a way they did it then. But that spirit of Elijah did something at one point in time in Elijah. But in Elisha, he functioned differently. If you look very closely, there were similarities, but there were very stark differences. And it's even more severe when you look at John the Baptist. If you're not careful, you might miss any similarities if you're not careful. But there's a few of them that are beautiful too. Amen. The same thing with Joshua and Moses. The spirit of Moses was upon Joshua. But you don't see a lot of similarities. But it's the same spirit. Amen. What am I saying? He that has an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches. In other words, God is spelling out Jesus now. And if you do not, if you are not hearing what the spirit is saying, if, if, if you are not restructuring your life, because that's what faith does, right? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, okay? If hearing is not taking place, if restructuring is not taking place, you will not be able to hear what the spirit is saying and you will not be able to discern what God is doing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I hope everyone understands what has been said today. The effort here is to offer an introduction, amen, to the conference in, and as we transition straight into it, amen, so that the themes are not totally unfamiliar to any of us. Of course, if you've been in the cave for a while, you already know all of these things, or to some degree, you should know all of them at least, amen. But I want to thank you so much for joining us. Please, um, if you don't understand anything, I will give no time for questions because I'm way over time. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining. You can type a question, okay, and I'll dismiss everyone officially. And if there's any legit questions, I can answer them in overtime. But I want to thank you so much for joining us. We love it. I am so sorry. Went really over time. Our conference is um, starting on Thursday. We are excited. We are fasting. We are praying. I hope you're fasting with us. Amen. Um, I couldn't, uh, let me see now. I couldn't, the first two days, I couldn't join you all for the fast. Um, actually the first three days, um, because I was basically in transit. Amen. But, um, since I landed, um, by the mercy of God, I found grace to continue. Amen. So, um, I think, no, not since I landed though. After I landed, I, I took one day off. <laughs> I think I, I spoke to someone about that too. Yeah. And so, um, um, but yes, I want to encourage us to fast towards this, whatever you don't, if you don't, if you just comment and hear what people are saying, please understand something. Organic priesthood is the way forward in today's world. We have to be real. We have to be interacting with God. Something has to be happening. Amen. So I want to encourage you um, to pray with us, to fast with us. What are you praying? What are you fasting for? Hallelujah. That the name of the Lord will be spelt out clearly. There'll be understanding. There'll be hearing. Amen. And that there'll be edification. I remember when um, the 2018 Yavit Face Conference first happened, my life was restructured. Amen. And I always look forward to things like that happening. I believe ecosystem of the age to come offered that measure of restructuring as well in my life as well. I want to encourage you, beloved, please, please, please make yourself vulnerable to the spirit of God over the next few days, okay? So that you can get smitten fiercely, amen? So that horsemen can ride into your heart, amen? As they bring about the wrath of God, amen? The wrath of God, sorry, against unrighteousness, against wickedness in the soul and bruise comes into alignment, okay? We are continuing from in the same trajectory on covenants from the ecosystem of the age to come. 
Hallelujah. But this is actually our word for now. Um, um, Crystal Rivers expression that takes place on Mondays and Wednesdays. I want to thank you so much for joining us. Um, again, if you have questions, type them out real quick before we end this. Tomorrow evening, we'll be having open book. Hallelujah. And I'm sure many people are excited for that. Amen. We love mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So I want to thank you again so much for joining us, beloved. Um, this has been a wonderful time hanging out with everyone here. And by the mercy of God, I'm bringing forth a measure that um, of the supply Lord has given me. Amen. Um, thank you so much for joining us. I'm bringing blessing for Pastor, Pastor Francis of Seymour. I'm capable leadership. Um, Jesus loves you. Have a blessed night, beloved. Jesus dreams. Bye-bye.